Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. In today's episode, we will be discussing a recent research study conducted by the CIA examining ethical concerns within the profession in Canada. And joining us to talk about the results of the survey is CIA member Frank Grossman, who was the principal investigator for this project. Thanks very much for joining us today. Nice to be here with you, Chris. So let's start off. Let's go back to the genesis of this study. How did this get started? I understand it was partly based on a similar survey that was done by the American Academy a few years ago. That's right. Over the years, Chris, I've written columns and done presentations, some of them with you together, on ethics and ethical decision making. And we've always relied, or we've done our best to rely on real life examples submitted by readers in order to just make them more relevant. And the reaction to some of the columns and the presentations from actuaries has been quite diverse. Sometimes actuaries say, well, you know that example? That should never happen. Should, very strong word. Other times they say, it couldn't happen. It's beyond belief. And other times I've been approached afterwards by actuaries who've said, you know, something like that happened to me or to a friend. And so the takeaway is not all actuaries see things the same way when it comes to ethical uh, concerns. One day, an email popped up of survey sponsored by the Academy in fall 2012. And I thought, at last, now we'll get some data. And ultimately, the American Academy of Actuaries Council on Professionalism published a report, Key Ethical Concerns Facing the Actual Profession. And the report was published in spring 2015. I thought it would be pretty interesting and wondered whether a similar study of Canadian actuaries would find similar results. And so I submitted a research proposal. And ultimately the purpose of my project was to enhance the effectiveness of the CIA's professionalism, continuing education activities by having a better understanding of the ethical landscape for Canadian actuaries, including both issues they've encountered in the past, as well as their concerns for the profession in the future. Okay, so let's talk about the design of the survey. Can you give us some details on how that went about? Initially, I thought that we would just simply replicate the Academy's approach. Um, It asked members to rate just various descriptions of ethical problems using a five-point scale. And there were a couple of additional fill-the-blank questions asking for problems that were not included in their list, as well as some demographic questions. However, as we, meaning you and I and my POG, and shout out to the POG, uh, comprised of Bill Ossington in Vancouver, North Vancouver, and Kathy Thompson in Kingston, and Alan Halbrick here in Toronto. As we started to discuss our CIA design, we decided that making some changes would help. The key one was the retro prospective split in the questions. The Academy survey asked their members about problems, and we decided that it would be better to ask two questions, which is, have you seen this Have you experienced this directly in the past? And secondly, what are your concerns about this issue in the future? So that was a major innovation in our our approach. We also took the list of 18 descriptions from the Academy uh, survey and boiled them down to 14 to try to keep our survey a little bit shorter because we weren't only asking 14, we were asking twice times 14, 28 questions, separate questions and to make the issues a little more generic across the areas of practice. And then we composed more uh, targeted for open-ended questions. Okay, so let's talk about some of the major findings. In particular, what areas of activity are the most concerning to our respondents? 
That's right, Chris. So in the retrospective part of the survey, two issues popped out. One was assumption pressure. And uh, just quoting the definition, meaning actuaries responding to pressure from principals to select inappropriate assumptions, methodologies, or data for pricing, reserving, or capital management. And so that topped the list in members' experience. And that definition in itself is, is uh, worth taking a look at because we use the term principles. And that was, again, something that the POG discussed together with me and you, which is who's your principal when you're an actuary? It differs depending on which area of practice you're in, whether your principal is your boss, let's say, who may or may not be an actuary, versus your client. And so we had to word the ethical descriptions, the, the situational descriptions, to try to accommodate both types of principles. And so it, it, it figures into the definition of assumption pressure. The number two on the list for historical experience was disparaging the competition which was defined as actuaries making disparaging remarks about competitors, their products, or their employees. And while that's not good news, one of the aspects of the, of the project was that that is something that the POG discussed together with you and I, which is, is that even an ethical issue? There's a view that says, gee, that happens all the time. Get used to it, toughen up. Others are saying it's just not acceptable. And disparaging means, you know, bad-mouthing. So that could happen with one's peers. It could happen to your boss. It could happen to your client. Someone bad-mouthing you uh, behind your back or maybe even to your face. And so I'm glad we actually kept that in the survey. Why? Again, because it, it actually echoed. It had a resonance with members who responded to the survey. Prospectively, concerns about the future, well, assumption pressure was number one again not surprisingly. But the number two was actually conflict of interest. And the definition for the purposes of the survey was actuaries having conflicts of interest between opportunities for personal financial gain or personal advantage and the proper performance of professional services. What we heard through the open-ended questions was that this figures in a number of different ways. Uh, one is the traditional tension between actuaries taking a long-term perspective with a degree of conservatism versus the pressure to deliver results here and now. So there's a, a potential conflict there. There's also one when actuaries are operating in the public realm, speaking to the public interest. And thirdly, and this really did show up in the open-ended responses, is the concern that some members had about actuary's ability to wear a different hat, so to speak, when they were volunteering on the CIA, distinguishing their professional responsibility when they are working on a committee or a council task force versus their uh, day job. And when you think about it, that one, that issue is probably quite relevant going forward. And um, in, in a way, not surprising as well that it rated as highly as it did. I think one thing that splitting the question retrospective prospectively about the ethical issues enabled us to do was to basically link the data. And what we learned is that actuaries who've had direct experience with actual issues in the past were more likely to have ethical concerns going forward. And the converse held as well. 
actuaries who had not had prior experiences with ethical issues. And they were a very large group, subset of the, of the response sample, uh, did not see concerns going forward. And, you know, the takeaway there is that basically a thorn of experience heightened people's apprehensions or concerns for the future. And it suggests to me that culture plays quite a role in this whole ethical awareness, ethical concerns, the subjectivity that we hear from some members where some members think things can't happen and others think they're happening. It's, it goes back to their personal experience and it goes back to the culture that they're in. One thing that the open-ended questions revealed was, you know, very different views. And I'll, I'll just mention one. It's um, the role of large companies, large employers, very large employers, thousands of employees. Some of the feedback I received was that members who are operating in small practice are more at risk for ethical issues because they don't have peers in their organization who they can rely on. The breadth of practice isn't wide enough. There aren't enough actuaries working with them and that larger companies are just naturally able to provide that kind of support. And so ethical issues just are less likely to happen in larger organizations. That was the view submitted by some respondents while other respondents said, well, you know, there's actually a greater chance of ethical conflict in a larger organization because the numbers, the dollar amounts are much, much larger. There's much, much more at stake and hence more pressure. So again, pointing to culture, it's suggesting that it's the environment and the experience of actuaries that has quite a definite influence on their uh, experience and their outlook. And just to confirm, these survey responses were filled in on a confidential basis, right? So, so members could be very candid about their thoughts on these issues. Yes, absolutely. We made that clear in the materials accompanying the survey blank that we wouldn't attribute responses back. And the results in the report that will be forthcoming are, again, aggregated. So there is no particular tieback. And one of the things that I think that came out of the willingness to participate is that 40% of the survey respondents actually answered the open-ended questions. And in some cases, there were hundreds of those responses, and some of them were quite elaborate, hundreds of words long. They were not just yes or no. And the questions that we asked were, the open-ended questions were, do you have more comments about the ethical issues that were specified? Are there other ethical issues that, that weren't listed that you'd like to raise? Why do you think these issues exist? Their origins? What makes them worse? And ultimately, what can be done about them? And so those were the open-ended questions. And 40% and of the respondents rose to the challenge of, of replying to those questions. And some of the responses were at great length and quite impressive, actually, the sophistication of members' views on these issues. Okay, that's good to hear. So maybe let's wrap up by talking about what are some of the actions the profession can take as a result of this survey to address these areas of concern? And I'm looking for things that the respondents specifically said, or maybe things that you have found going through the responses, any observations you might have. I think front and center, what I took away from the survey results is that actuaries are under pressure. They may be under pressure to set assumptions, for example. But the pressure comes through in other ways as well. There's a pressure to deliver results. There's a resource pressure to do more with less. And that that's increasing. Pressure's coming from other professions. 
in non-reserved roles. And also the pressure that actuaries, some actuaries feel they're held to a higher standard of conduct than other, other professionals. There's also, interestingly, in some of the feedback we heard that members thought that there was pressure of supervisory oversight. And in some cases, the feedback was, well, as the burden of financial reporting grows with finite resources, there's less time to do that work and to do it well. And that actually introduces greater ethical risk. So I thought that was, those findings about pressure were, were very interesting. A second theme was reputation risk. One of the respondents in the open-ended questions said that the profession's most valuable credential is its good rep reputation and that we should be safeguarding that. Individual misconduct, just one bad apple, has the potential to damage every actuary's reputation. And the feedback also strongly supported the activities of the Committee on Professional Conduct or I think it's now the Professional Conduct Board, and that the use of sanctions was, again, strongly supported. Another theme, uh, maybe going back to the disparaging competition comment earlier, is the need to maintain a proper degree of professional courtesy and respect. Actuaries really ought to try harder to understand the viewpoints of other actuaries and be a little more accepting at times. And in a similar vein, there were a few respondents who expressed a desire for greater solidarity among the CIA members to avoid just basically a downward cycle of professionalism, of bad acts. And in this vein of dealing with pressure and professional courtesy and respect, there was support for the idea of uh, more peer interaction on ethical issues uh, in terms of support, sharing experiences, discussing what can be done practically. The fourth finding, I think, was dealing with the public role of actuaries. And there were concerns that sometimes actuaries are straying outside additional areas of practice, of expertise, and that their views on societal issues may not necessarily be in the uh, public interest. And also, again, in the public role of actuaries, conflict of interest issue. Uh, what can be done there, I think, is again, just greater awareness and a little more care. Again, recognizing that there are definitely a wide range of experience across membership. The idea of participating in the public forum is still important and may, there may be risk there, but I think one of the findings is that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying because speaking out on, Canadian actually speaking out on relevant issues of the day is a way to demonstrate our professionalism and therefore be seen as credible and impartial experts, which is a good thing. Well, there certainly is a lot of good information in this survey, and I certainly encourage everybody to read it. Copy is available on the CIA website. So, Frank, thanks very much for coming and speaking to us about this uh, research project today. My pleasure. We now have several dozen episodes in our podcast series, so we encourage you all to subscribe. You can do so through Spotify or whatever platform you use to get your streaming content. And if you like today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating or a comment, and we would like to hear from you. So please send any suggestions or episode ideas to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. And as well, we're always looking for content for our Seeing Beyond Risk blog. So if you have some ideas you would like to share, please contact us at seeingbeyondrisk at cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.